Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Isn't It Lovely podcast, the podcast that seeks to shine a light on all that is lovely. I am Rachel. And I am Tracy. And today we had Janelle from Face It Together here in our studio. And we just had the most wonderful conversation surrounding the topic of addiction. And if we are alive in 2023, we know that addiction touches us all. And Face It Together is a local organization in town, if you don't know, and it provides confidential peer-based coaching for those impacted by all kinds of addiction, including loved ones. Absolutely. Janelle is a loved ones coach. She actually left her job at a Fortune 500 company to come and do this job after having her own lived experience and her own family. We are so excited for everybody to hear this conversation, to learn how we can support loved ones that are facing addiction, and we are really excited for you to hear it. And we also wanted to say thank you so much to our sponsor for this episode, Ignite Fitness, our favorite place to work out, especially now, Tracy, that the weather is changing and it's freezing cold all the time. This is our favorite hot yoga fitness studio. There's classes for everybody, high impact, low impact. Your first class is always free if you go to ignitefitness.studio or use the MindBody app. Thanks, Ignite. Can you tell us a little, about, a little bit about yourself, Janelle? How did you get into this world of knowing about addiction? It really began, I have three kids. I have three sons, actually. And uh, two of them have had addiction, meth addictions over the last, uh, my oldest one, probably going back 20 years. And, um, you know, during those first 10 years, when I actually found out what was going on, recognized what was going on, I spent those years trying to fix that for my kid because that's what we do as moms. We've done that their whole lives and we just, we want to fix it for them. And, uh, you know, I'm, this is just kind of a thimble full, but as time went on towards, you know, around eight, 10 years after I'd been just running myself ragged. And during this time, I'm keeping it all to myself. I am not talking to anybody about it because a, I thought I could fix it before anybody was in any of the wiser. I wouldn't share it with family, friends, coworkers, nobody, because that's what we do. There's a lot of um, shame and stigma attached to it. And so we just want to keep it all to ourselves. And unfortunately, that's what has um, proliferated people not going and asking for help is that we just kind of leave it under that rock and we think that we can fix it ourselves. So anyway, towards the end of that 10 years, my youngest son, who does not have addiction, came home from college one weekend on a Friday night. And we we were just having a great time. And, and towards the end of the evening, he says, you know, Mom, I, I really need to talk to you about something. Can we get together tomorrow morning to sit and talk? And I <laughs> Those are not words after going through, you know, 10 years of two kids who have had addictions. That is not something I I don't want to hear those words. Anyway, I said, no, let's do it now. Let's sit down and talk. Tell me what's going on. And he was he was so kind to me. He just grabbed my hands and he said, you know what, Mom? When I came through the door tonight, if I did not recognize your voice, I'm not sure I would have recognized you on the street when I saw you. Because as you're working through all of this and and you're just in a, <clears throat> excuse me, a really bad place, you can be in a really dark place. I had started to physically deteriorate. I mean, it affects if you if you are not careful, it will affect your wellness. And it definitely was for me. And, you know, I could see myself in the mirror, but I didn't really look at myself a lot in the mirror. Um, you just, it's just the way that you feel anyway. He's, 
he said, Mom, I just, I'm really worried about you. And that's sort of, I, I think, my life before that evening and my life after that evening. And I've had, you know, different things that have come up just like that, where it's like you get this big aha moment. It's like, oh my gosh, yeah, I got to do something. I need help. And so, you know, I did. I went and, and I found a coach and I spent a year with her and I sort of pushed the pause button on my kids' addiction because I had to take care of myself. And um, again, I spent a year with that coach and learned so many things. And I knew at the end of that coaching that this is what I wanted to do. And I started really coaching with, um, not necessarily in the addiction world, I just, I didn't think I was strong enough. I didn't think I was well prepared enough to do that. And I started coaching just with women in general, kind of um, helping them get out of their own way type of thing. But the whole addiction thing kept getting put in front of me a lot. And so I realized that, you know what, I think this is something I'm supposed to be doing and people showed up in my life that were addiction people themselves and and asked me if I would be interested in coaching with them. And so I did. And I've never turned back. And I can tell you that I am humbled every single day when I talk to people just to be a part of the journey that they're going through with their own loved ones and um, the addiction in their family. So, you know, I've been with uh, Face It Together about two and a half years and, and I love it. One of my favorite sayings is don't waste the pain. That's kind of how I view things that it is a lot of pain, but there is some real learning going on. I'm just such a much more compassionate person um, and I never, you know, thought I wasn't compassion, compassionate, but wow, I've learned and the judgment, um, I didn't consider myself a judgmental person either, but it changes you. It really changes you. And so that's, I guess, in a thimble, how I really got into coaching loved ones. Thank you so much for sharing that. And I'm so struck by what you said about the initial feelings of wanting to keep it private and and secret and then how that took a toll, the isolation and the fear. And I am so struck by what you're talking about, just sort of the destigmatization around addiction. Do you feel that this is getting better, Janelle? Do you feel like as people are more open about these things that the shame is going away? Or do you think that we still have a ways to go? I, th I think we still have a ways to go. It definitely is getting better because as a coach too, one of the things that when I started this, I was like, you know what? I want to be the person that I needed 12 years ago or 10 years ago. And so that's really what I strive to do. And um, there still is a lot of judgment. There's, you know, when people come through our doors that face it together, I think that is one of the biggest things that they're fearful of is that they're going to be, that we're going to judge them, that, um, you know, we're going to, try and make them do things or tell them the things that they must do. And we're, we're not like that at all. What would you like to say? And again, with compassion and empathy, what would you like people to know about setting aside 
judgment when they maybe haven't faced it personally or it just hasn't hit them yet? What do you think that people need to know about that? That how how um, devastating that can be to you, that judgment, because honestly you know i when when the the people that i coached in the love or coach in the love one program they tell me that you know they still feel it every single day from other people they feel it a lot of it comes from ourselves we are so judgmental of ourselves because you know you have all the social media and and um people are putting on there all the great things, the wonderful things that you're doing, what they're doing, that they're doing and how well their kids are doing. And my kid's going off to college. And, and um, I think one of the worst things that we can do as loved ones is pay attention to that because uh, we end up comparing ourselves to other people. And it's like, well, somebody's doing it better than I am, or everybody's doing it better than I am. And we, we really do judge ourselves pretty harshly as parents. One thing that you keep saying, Janelle, and I love this term, is coach. That you're a coach and you were coached through your own pain and your own circumstances. Can you talk to us about Face It Together? You've mentioned that organization. It's a different model. When I was reading about it, it seems different in the way that you guys approach addiction and loved ones that have addiction. Can you talk to us about this coaching aspect? Yeah. You know, um, I am so thrilled actually that, that appreciative and, and grateful that I get to go to work with this group of people at Face It Together because every single one of them has been through, you know, they've all walked different walks, uh, especially on the addiction side. And they, you know, like I said earlier, when people, people are afraid to come through our doors, I think, because they're afraid of, they're going to get judged. That's the first thing and that they're going to be told what to do. We definitely are not there. Our mission is to get people with addiction well and their loved ones well, and that's it. And um, I think once people do come through our doors, they're just, they're just thrilled to be, first of all, be able to find a place that, uh, I can sit and talk to one person who has been where I've been. And that matters. That really matters. I find that in my in the loved one coaching as well. It goes both ways for addiction and, and loved ones. But that at the end of the session, people are so, um, I don't know, thrilled, I guess, happy. Uh, so much more comfortable because we are just people like them and we're trying to help each other because I think like I tell everyone I coach that it takes all of us to get this addiction thing solved. It takes all of us. And so that's really what our our, mo our, um, our model is like. We meet people where they're at. So what that means when they come through the door, there's no um, hidden agendas. There's no curriculums. It's what you come in the door with and we push off from there. So it really is a coaching opportunity because you have already been, you've already walked the path 
And I think we talk about this a lot on this podcast, Rachel and I, of being a credible messenger. And I think what, what I hear from you saying is the team over at Face It Together is you guys have walked this path and you know, you know a lot of the things that they're facing, a lot of the shame and the stigma. So one thing, Janelle, that I would love to hear, what, what would you say to somebody that is just dragging their feet on talking to somebody because they don't want to shine the light on what's actually going on in their hearts? What would you say to somebody that's listening to this and feeling that way? Yeah, that's a hard step to take. I can tell you that um, when I first, I, I went to face it together maybe four or five years before I actually started um, uh, working with them. And when I came through the door, I was looking for a book. Give me a book and tell me what I need to do with my kid. Cause I don't know. And I didn't get that. And I wasn't very happy about it. Um, you know, I just, that was just my expectation when I came in the door and it just, it doesn't work that way because for as many people as there are coming through the door, as many people that they are with addictions, there's different things that are going on in their lives. And, I'll, you know, no two things are the same. There are some very similar things all the way through, which helps us, you know, with our coaching and, and things that people are going to face. And that's talking about, you know, change, communication, boundaries, um, your own self-wellness. There's some some specific things, but everybody's different coming through that door. And we recognize that and we treat them like that. And people get treated with respect and uh, it matters. And so what would I say is you you really don't have anything to lose because a lot of our coaching, most of our coaching is free. Wow. And how much better can it get than that? Plus you're getting some great coaches who have walked exactly where you've, or walked in a similar path that you've walked. Right. And could you speak about the confidentiality piece? Oh yeah. Um, it's very confidential. I mean, even between coaches, it happens that sometimes I'm coaching a loved one and somebody else is coaching the person at risk or the person with addiction. And conversations do not take place between the two of us because it is confidential. Very important. We don't share with <laughs> with anybody. And if, if something, you know, one thing I really, really appreciate about the addiction coaches and um, me as a loved one, as a loved one coach is the fact that if there's questions that I have, I can go and ask them. But speaking to the confidentiality piece, you know, names, um, nothing like that is shared. I think that's so important. Mm -hmm. That's so yeah. great to hear. Yeah. And um, a lot of, one of the, the biggest question pay, people are uh, parents, loved ones hate, especially parents is you go out with your friends, you're with your family and it says, so how are your kids doing? That is not a question you want to answer. But, um, and, and I, I get asked that a lot, you know, how do you deal with that? And it's really, it's, there's my journey and then there's my son's journey. And I, I don't, you know, I, I will approach it in that way that my son's on his journey. He's doing the best that he can. Um, always, always trying to speak positivity over them. And that's kind of his story to tell. Mm -hmm. And so 
you know, I keep it at my journey, really. It's they have a story, too, and that's up to them to tell it. You know, in fact, when I became a loved one coach, one of the things that concerned me was uh, what my kids thought, because I didn't want them to be afraid that I was going to expose them. Obviously, I, you know, I've had thousands of coaching sessions and um, it's, it's a, we talk about our kids. I mean, that's what makes me a good coach is the fact that I have experiences like, you know, like all the people that I'm coaching, the experiences that they have. But my kids were so supportive. They were like, you know, mom, we're totally fine with it. We're not really sure why you'd want to do it after all the pain <laughs> that we put you through, but um, go for it, you know? So I appreciated that. Today's episode is brought to you by Ignite Fitness Studio, our favorite place to work out, Tracy. Oh gosh, our favorite. We found Ignite Fitness Studio, gosh, at the end of the pandemic when we just needed to get out of our houses and do something positive for our body. And we took our first class and we have never looked back. Everybody was so incredible, Tracy. They were so warm and welcoming. There was so much body positivity and inclusivity. It was the most incredible feeling. And you know, I've done hot yoga for years, but this infrared heat at Ignite hits just totally different. The room is not stuffy and you just experience a feeling of total detox when you're done. Absolutely. There's so many incredible endorphins. There's a variety of classes, Trace. There's low intensity, high intensity, something for everyone. If you go to ignitefitness.studio or the Mind Body app to sign up, your first class is always free. We can't wait for you guys to check it out. Thank you so much, Ignite Fitness Studio. Your sweet son that had taken you aside and in love expressed his concern for you. What does he think today and the way that you are showing up in life today? It's interesting because it seems like siblings have, they have a little bit easier time with it than, than I do, or, you know, my son had a little easier time with it. But here's the thing that I found out. He um, had he had graduated from USD and he was going to Rutgers Law School. Rutgers Law School. And, um, you know, Rutgers is a long, long, long ways away. And after he'd been in school about two years, we were talking about addiction. And um I said, so how are you doing with it? And he says, honestly, mom, I don't tell people I have brothers because I don't want to talk about it. And I think we forget that they're suffering from this too. But um, he has uh, mended his relationship. Not that it was ever bad with them, but he has done a, a lot of learning himself. I think he probably has a couple friends who are struggling with it. And so he has chosen to educate himself. But uh, he under he under he's ch- he's changed too. This has changed him as well in the last probably three or four years, and um, he has a lot more compassion as well. And um, the judgment has left him as well. Janelle, for any of our listeners that may have a loved one that they are worried about, or maybe even they themselves have, they fear they've crossed over into addiction. How can they? connect with face it together how can they get in touch with a coach what would be the first step for somebody that's ready to move forward um you know just give us a call call the office and um we have a great team that does a good job of matching people with a coach 
Um, it's a process that they go through. Uh, we have the website address <clears throat> is wefaceittogether.org. That's wefaceittogether.org. And either one of those, jump on our website and and take a look at what's there. Read about the coaches that are there, um, the the good things that have happened, the success stories, because it happens. You know, addiction is huge. It's an epidemic, but people are getting well every single day too. When I first started um, with my oldest son, and again, his uh, substance use was meth. When I would meet people, and they and I would share that story with them and tell them the um, substance that he was using, I always got this stare like, "Oh my God." your kid's going to die because there's no coming back from meth. And it's almost like they were at the same time taking a couple steps behind me. It was weird. But um, that's not the story. I think it may be, you know, it was tough, but we've learned so much in the last 10, 12 years that that's not, that's not true anymore. People recover every single day and we see it every day. That is so tremendous. And I think that's something that, I want to remember is that there's always hope, you know, when you think of addiction, you kind of just think, Oh gosh, such a mountain to climb. But I love what you said of people are getting well every single day. And that's so encouraging and inspiring for people to actually pick up the phone and not think of themselves as a lost cause or a loved one to think of their loved one as a lost cause. Let's speak to that person, the loved one. Why is it so important for them to pick up the phone and call and not live in just the silence and inside their own head? Great, great question. One of the things that I tell loved ones, first of all, and I want everyone to know is that you're most of the time you're in chaos. Your world is just in chaos, but you can get back your sense of peace in your life. It is totally possible. I see it with moms who tell me, oh my gosh, Janelle, I am no longer in survival mode because I've been there for years, it is possible for loved ones too that you can be such a good support and still have joy and happiness in your life because a lot of times as loved ones, our days go as our kids' days go. And it doesn't have to be that way. You can still have a full, rich peaceful, joyful, loving life while supporting this person that is struggling with substance use because, you know, I think it's all in the way that you look at it. Um, It's not an obligation to support them. It's not an obligation. And if you go into it that way, it's going to be a lot more difficult. It's, it's got to be a choice and there's got to be some willingness to pick up what I call um, a coin that has two sides. One side is the um, compassion, the kindness, the, you know, wanting to help and wanting to support your person. And on the other side is the pain and the regret and the frustration that goes with it. If you want to and decide to support someone, you can't pick up half the coin. Um, 
you have to pick up the whole coin. But if you know that going into it, if you talk to someone and say, yeah, this is not going to be an easy road, but it is worth it. It's worth it for you to get your life back because most people say, I don't have a life anymore. Many of the moms, uh, many of the loved ones, moms and dads especially, you know, they don't feel like they can leave town for two hours or three hours because my kid might need me. So I have to be here. And it's so rewarding to me when I talk to a mom and they're like, yep, we're going to the lake this weekend, you know, and that had never happened for them in years. So it's, um, it's possible. You can have your life back. Janelle, also, as we seek to deconstruct some of the stereotypes surrounding addiction, does it bear repeating that unfortunately addiction does not discriminate? It's across all socioeconomic statuses, family structures. Is that helpful for people to understand that, that notion? <laughs> yeah, it is. Because I think you know, we're getting better. That goes into that judgment and um, stigma attached to it. But I am here to tell you that it does not matter who you are, where you live, how much money you make, anything. It um, it's it crosses every every socioeconomic um, that you that you just said. I mean, it just it does not discriminate, and. Um, that I think is important for people to 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 understand too, because uh, you know you just as I've said probably over and over, there's just once you find out what's going on, you discover what's going on. There's just it immediately goes to shame and blame and guilt. Those three things for sure that this is your fault. I'm a bad parent. No one is as bad as me. Everybody else is doing it right. And um, it just doesn't matter. It doesn't matter who you are, where you are. Absolutely. We love hearing you talk about the hope and the healing that is available. And we are going to link to all of this in the show notes that people can reach out to face it together. And we are just so grateful to you for the work that you do every day. And we are so grateful that you would come on our show and share your story and your lived experiences. And it just feels so good to know that the, that the help is out there and that it is just a phone call away. If we could just encourage people to step into that strength of making that first phone call or that first website search. Absolutely. 100% agree. We end every episode, Janelle, by talking about something that we're loving. It could be anything, food item, a restaurant, a book, anything. What are you, <laughs> what are you loving this week? <laughs> okay. One of my favorite things to do that I don't get to do very often is I'm a fan of South Dakota Magazine. Oh. And... Yeah. And so I love to just grab, uh, you know, a cup of coffee or whatever, it is, whatever it is on a Sunday afternoon and read that thing from cover to cover. And this last one. So I'm pretty German. This last <laughs> one had uh, a guy in there. I think he's from Haiti, South Dakota, but he went through his own medical issues and he started um, making sauerkraut at home. Hmm. And it was in South Dakota Magazine, and and it said he was going to be at the Sioux Falls Art Fair. That was I don't know a couple of weeks ago, the maybe. Yeah, Sidewalk Arts Fair. Yeah. Absolutely. So um, I found him, 
and I bought a bunch of his sauerkraut. And I mean to tell you, I am eating it on pizza, on potatoes, on casseroles. It is good. So oh, that's, that's my latest fantastic. craze. Do you know yeah. the name of the, the brand or who, the gentleman? No, I bet if you Google um, okay. Haiti South Dakota sauerkraut, you'll probably okay. find it. Or even we'll South Dakota it. Magazine. Yes. Yeah. Okay, wonderful. We'll it's find awesome. it. We'll find it. We'll put him in the show notes too. That's fantastic. I love sauerkraut. I've been doing the same. I bought some, uh, not as fresh as this apparently, but it's an organic. And I've been doing the same. My body must crave it because I'm putting it on everything. And it my husband so thinks it's you. gross. And I'm like, no, you don't even know. <laughs> gut health. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. We're always loving gut health on yes, this podcast. Absolutely. <laughs> so true. Oh my gosh. How about you too? Okay. Well, speaking about health, it's so funny. I was going to say this, but it fits perfectly. So it, cold and flu season is coming up. We, our kids already had a little something go around when they first went back to school. And I just thought, we're not doing this this year. I can't do it. I can't be home all the time with sick kids. And I just feel so bad for them when they're sick and my anxiety spikes. So I'm like, no, we're going to get out ahead of this. I'm eating sauerkraut, but they will not eat sauerkraut. But I do make them take something called the multi or the Mary Ruth's multivitamin organics. I put it in their juice every morning. Sometimes they fight me. Sometimes they just don't do it. They just need like a teaspoon depending on their age. And it is so good. It is so good. I've been making, my husband and I, we take a shot of it every morning as well. And so far, so good. I'll report back after cold and flu season, but you can get it on Amazon and we'll link it in the show notes um, and also on our Instagram and Facebook. But it is just a perfect way to get all your multivitamins in one little shot. I'm going to be looking for that. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely pulling up Amazon, right? Yes. Now. <laughs> it's so good. Okay. How about you, Rach? That's so great. Okay, guys, this is actually something that my husband is loving. And at first I am embarrassed to say I gave it a little bit of the side eye, but this has actually changed our lives and saved us hundreds and hundreds of dollars in takeout. But this is called the, I hope, I hope I'm saying this right, the Delamu sushi making kit, which Christopher, who I love, um, is, he is the producer of the show as well. Yes. Thank you to our, our angel producer. <laughs> Shout out also to John. Yes. Husband. Who does nothing, but he supports us. He does <laughs> We couldn't do the show without them. So it comes with a roller kit, a knife, bamboo mats, a little roller, the rice mold, all these things. And if, I mean, you would walk up to my husband on the street, like he is not somebody who is known for making his way around a kitchen, but he's just been on sort of this new, uh, sort of like a new health kick. He's kind of getting his health in order. And sushi was just one of his favorite takeout treats. And again, we love to support our local businesses. That's always wonderful, but budget invested in this. Yeah. And I was kind of thinking it was going to be like a flash in the pan, like, oh, cool. That will live in our cabinet for like 10 years. And then I'll finally give it away. But no, he has actually used this probably every couple of nights and it doesn't take long. I was like, this feels really cumbersome. And I mean, it's not that he's going to be open a sushi restaurant anytime right. soon. Like we're not putting anybody out of a job here. Yes. It has been delightful and reasonable. And it actually has become a little bit of an after work ritual as he's kind of transitioning from his day job, just like into our family life. Like I think it's been like a little therapeutic for him and it's very tactile. So anyways, we will link this in the show notes. If anybody oh, else man. would like to embrace their inner sushi chef. How's that? I love that. Yeah, that sounds great. As your resident Pacific Islander, I support this. <laughs> <laughs> it's Tracy approved. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, oh, Trace. Gosh. I'll pass it along. Yes, please do. Chanel, thank you so much for joining us. This has been so informative and also very fun. So yeah, no thank kidding. you. My pleasure. Thank you. <laughs> thank you so much for joining us for today's episode of Isn't It Lovely? If you love what you hear, please rate, review, and subscribe by clicking on our show in your favorite podcast app and following the prompts. You can download all of our episodes on Spotify, 
iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google Podcasts. You can also find all of our episodes on our website at www.isitnotlovely.com. And we are also on Instagram and our handle is Is It Not Lovely Podcast. Keep looking for the lovely in all things. Thanks for listening.